Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. How's it going, everyone? Uh, tonight, the Houston Strikers continue to round out their squad with multiple signings this week. I thought it was going to be four. And then I think the last guy was signed and announced on Saturday. We've got some MLR score lines that were very interesting. Uh, most of us have seen most of the tape, so we'll talk about that. And today is September 11th, uh, a day 16 years ago that changed most of our lives in the course of a few of ours. Uh, so just just remember that, everyone. So, Dan, let's let's get into something awesome to talk about. Well, um. So on that note, before actually switching over to straight rugby, um, I'm from New Jersey originally. My dad actually used to work on Water Street, which is probably four or five blocks away from where um, World Trade Center was. But for some reason, took the day off. I think he was sick, which he's never sick. So thanks for that. Um, it, was a, it was just a crazy day. I was in fourth grade, so I had no idea what was going on. But anyway, something a bit bit happier um going to the houston strikers signings they're signing a couple more people one of which was and we've had some issues over the past couple of podcasts with names but i i think it's joshua joshua vici joshua vici can someone confirm that or just say nothing and then i'll just assume that's correct i think islander names pretty much say as long as you say them phonetically and fast so joshua vici BC. I'd say BC. BC. French BC or Spanish. Joshua yeah. Vici. Is that Italian? It's BC. Vici. Vici. Yes. Yeah, Victor seems Vici. to be Italian. More Italian. knowledgeable about this. Um, anyway, so he is a, a contracted Fiji Sevens player. I don't know as much about him as I do Osea, the other guy. We, we've also. Osea Colinisa, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Osea Colinisa, come on. Like I said, I don't know as much about him, um, but he is a sevens player, a successful sevens player for Fiji, which is a very successful sevens program. So I don't know much about him 15s-wise. However, he's very fast, um, adds a bit more versatility for the strikers. And as far as I'm concerned, because they signed a lot of other guys that are seem to be really well-known at least, um, I don't expect them to actually start. So at least from my own personal opinion on that is it's a great, great signing. I mean, it usually is whenever you can get a, an actual gold medal winning, um, you know, Fiji sevens player just to join you. Um, the other signing they also actually had recently, uh, was Chris Parker. Uh, he's a lock most recently with Hark and Austin blacks. Uh, that actually just read directly off of my own script because I really don't know too much about Chris Parker. My analysis of locks is pretty bad because I tried playing it once and it was not good at all. Um, my shoulders really hurt about two weeks ago when I tried playing it. So um, I think he's pretty good, though. I know um, you guys seem to put a bit more analysis into that, though, than I did. Yes? No? Yeah, I mean, he's he's from like this legendary class of Texas A&M rugby going through like classes of 2010, 2011, and 2012. Uh, he was a, a Negroy Azul seven select 
he was a junior All-American, men's All-American, and uh, played for Katie Barbarians. And uh, as I was told, English by birth and Aggie by the grace of God. I wonder who told you that. Just <laughs> I have no idea who would have said that. <laughs> Those are my two uh, the picks I was meant to go over. So, Victor, I know you had a couple that you were going to go over because – Luckily for us, the strikers signed a lot of players, so we can talk about a lot of the players. Seriously, Dan, like the, the, this past week has been ridiculous in terms of signings for the the strikers, which was good. You, th- that, you think it's over? You think it's over? But it just keeps <laughs> yeah, really. coming. Seriously, like dang it! Like it's like Tuesday. 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 They'll, they'll, show, they'll say someone else gets signed. Exactly. Be, before even Victor goes over the other three signings, yeah. I will say I really like that the strikers make sure to have a really official photo and they announce each of the signings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes it sound a lot more official. It makes it sound like these players are much better than they, they may be. I don't know much about a lot of them, but the fact that it says, you know, picture of Chris Parker saying, just signed Chris Parker, played with Hark, played with Austin Blacks. We know about him through that. It's better than just kind of looking at the roster and saying, oh, that, that guy played for the Eagles and he just happened to be practicing with them and you just kind of find out by looking at the game day roster, but that, that yeah. I really love that, that, that there's actual roster announcements and it kind of makes it a big deal. Yeah. It makes it also seem more, more professional, I, th- I guess. Definitely. And I actually really enjoy uh, seeing the pictures of uh, coach Fitzpatrick going out to the airport and picking the guys up. That's a nice yeah. personal touch. Oh, yeah. yeah, very true. It's sort of a, it's very professional, but it also feels kind of like a family down there. So Strikers are doing it right as far as uh, their social media promotion, as we've said many times. Or they can't afford a taxi. We're not really sure. About that. <laughs> yeah. afford <laughs> that, too. <laughs> That's true, too. Okay, guys, so going on my uh, players. So first we have Chris Millich, I believe it's pronounced. Scrum half, but he also plays 10 and 12. A bit on the, on the size for 12, and it's a natural 9 by, by his size. Great ball movement out of the rock. Moved to Houston for a new job in June while just having a, had a new ankle installed. Go figure. He got himself in shape for the Strikers Combine Series, by the way. Shows amazing toughness as well. Former U.S. Uh, South Panther, multi-year Negro y Azul, as in black and, and blue. Uh, sevens player as well. Uh, Atlanta Sevens. Uh, Charlotte uh, Rugby Football Club down in, uh, up in North Carolina, or well, well, from my point of view, down in North Carolina. Uh, Baron Brief Rugby Club in Australia. Uh, University of North Carolina, Charlotte 49ers Rugby as well. So this guy is looking quite good. Next we have, and this one's really important, Mr. Kenneth P.D. Hepburn, who plays several uh, positions, by the way, from, from row back row, too. So this guy is very versatile. Really cool. He's coming out of out of Sam Houston State University's team. He played for the U.S. under 19s, and he's a former captain of the Jamaican Sevens team, uh, the Crocs, which you probably heard me mention a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, other clubs that he played for uh, include Lone Star, the Woodlands, and Houston Athletic. Uh, also Athletic Sevens as well, with just the, the same as, as Millage. 
Pete is currently the head coach of the Cypher Warriors as well. And you may remember that we were talking to the famous Grant Cold last week, and Grant is a really big fan of Pete's, uh, saying that he was one of the first names that he gave Coach Fitzpatrick uh, of, of, of players uh, in the Houston area. Now, to me, and i never seen the guy played, that speaks a lot for Mr. Hepburn. Because, I mean, if, if Grant is putting him in such a, a high pedestal, I think the guy, the guy is definitely worth, is worth it. So, again, congrats to him for, for joining the team. And finally, we have Dan Paul, who played in Birmingham Young University and was a member of the Dustinade College Rugby Championship 7s run-up team, as well as the Dustin Nines Championship team as well. He first began playing at a Jakarta, Jakarta excuse me, inter, intercultural school. Jakarta is the capital of Indonesia, for those of you that don't know their geography. Most recently, he played at a Houston uh, Athletic and was Houston uh, Rugby Club. So, guys, I'm telling you, this uh, the signings are looking better and better. I cannot wait to see the the strikers uh, like form having the the, the first game. Yeah, I, I looking at all of their signings. Uh, if you look at the U.S. based players, I think the only one without any accolades uh, or I would say insane athletic ability was Jack Riley, who's an English born player who came over like five years ago. There's a few other dudes that, you know, uh, like Lathanius Hill, he hasn't played rugby, but he's, he comes from some hardcore Texas rugby genes, but then, I mean, you have all Americans everywhere. Uh, just with these five signings, uh, they're impressive for a lot of different reasons. Uh, like the adding of Chris Parker shows that a connection is being built with Texas A&M RFC because they also signed Connor Mills and Andres Diaz. And we've talked a bunch about there needing to be like strategic partnerships with college clubs and MLR clubs. And that might be, you know, it, but you also see it with community clubs because of the amount of players they signed out of Lone Star Rugby Football Club with which says, hey, if you want to play um, locally, Phil Beck is the coach and he'll develop you. And then you have the connection with Fiji, uh, Joshua Vitsi, uh, and also previously Osea Kalinisau. Uh, you just, it might weaken the Fiji Sevens team, uh, but they've got a lot of guys in their system waiting to come up. And uh, VC wasn't on the Olympic gold medal team, but he has been he has played in the last three Hong Kong Sevens, which uh, is I would call the Hong Kong Sevens the biggest stop on the HS HSBC Sevens series. So, you know you're not just seeing random people get signed at all. Uh, and you look at, say, we just talked about Chris Millage and also about Kenneth P. Hepburn. So Atlantis Sevens, what is Atlantis Sevens? Uh, Emilio uh, Sinez, the previous uh, men's Sevens coach, also started the USA Women's Sevens. Uh, team and was a uh, assistant on the women's 15s team when it first started uh, back in the early 90s. Uh, he was the creator of Atlanta Sevens, and if you get selected to play for Atlanta Sevens, it means you're really good. So, just 
for those who don't really know Atlanta Sevens that much, it's a very select group of players that get to play for them. So I think uh, we're we're on to something else, Corey. What do you think? Yeah. Well, while we're on the topic of signing things, um, we've got some good signings out of strikers this week, but uh, MLR made a major move as well. They signed an agreement with the Red River Rugby Collegiate Conference in Texas, and uh, I think this is a pretty big deal. Hey, Dan, what are you hearing about it? It just, all, all in all, it, it's really the, I think it's Red River Rugby Collegiate Conference, so it's 3R, 2Cs. Uh, so it's really a mouthful, but they are announcing a strategic partnership. What that exactly entails, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think a lot of us are really entirely sure, but it does mean that um, they did mention in the press release that they are trying to use this as a way for player development, for for coaching, for, I guess, some sort of coordination between collegiate and this professional league, which um, right now it's it's really just a press release just saying we want to work together um so it may be very little it may just be this little announcement and they kind of have some conversations with you know people in the top or it could be this great player development tool and this this great way to get players to come up from college and really transition into the professional side i mean the pessimist in me will say that even at the at the very lowest if it's just we support this that alone legitimizes the whole concept of major league rugby because if you see that there is a sports organization or um, even like a trade organization uh, like like for different professions and you don't see the local community in some sense support it it kind of makes you think that it's not i guess real in the sense or not so you shouldn't really be taking it seriously as much um at least in my own opinion i think that just announcing that they're actually partnering with them to some degree is great. I don't know what Victor, I think you, you were, you had something else to talk about that too. With this more players from those institutions within the conference should be able to enter the teams in Texas and Louisiana. So it's going to be a more local base it's a type of environment for, for, well, no environment. No, it's not the word. It's going to be more, uh, I guess more local uh, base of, of players within those teams, so that way they don't have to rely as much with uh, with foreigners. I mean, the foreigners obviously will be important, but not as much as, like, say, oh my God, like top fourteen, where uh, in France, where you have most of the players coming out of France, and that's why the French teams do so bad in recent years. But that's another thing. Now, those colleges and universities also could become the breeding grounds for the next crop of players besides having academies for each individual team. So what I'm envisioning this with the, the Red River Conference and hopefully other co- conferences once other teams open up around the, the states, it's that their best players from this conference will be able to easily transition into an MLR side. So those conferences become the double well the single double and triple a so baseball to a certain extent uh, so again and also you could have those uh, like in baseball you could have those teams affiliated with particular teams where the, when the player turns of a certain age well of course turns of a certain age or if, or if it's of a certain standing it transitions smoothly within an MLR team 
Yeah, for for me, I, I it was a press release that said, "Hey, we're we're partnering together. Uh, we're going to do something." It didn't say what. Uh, I hope that it provides opportunity for uh, select players and in, in these university programs to attend the MLR academies in the summer, because as we all know, uh, currently USA rugby releases collegiate players to return to their home clubs to play for summer conditioning and for summer sevens. So I would like to see that happen a bit and just, you know, like I made emphasis on the local relationship earlier between strikers and Texas A&M. I want to see more of these. I don't want to see this be the only one because it sort of selects a winner. Whereas, you know, if they select like, they sign like five of these, which would be most of the conferences in D1A, I would, I would like that. So, because, you know, just cause you, you're in an academy doesn't mean you make it, which is what, like all the academies we've seen in Europe, not everyone makes it through the academy system to it's like be 0.1%. It's like nothing. Yeah, so at least in there. It just increases the overall percentage of athletes that are connected to the system. So, I think what, that's what I got. On that though, I think it's it's good that a lot of these colleges actually are pretty close to these cities like Houston or Austin or Dallas if it's still around or or Louisiana. Um, so if there is, for example, just a kid who goes to school here and they're done with school, they're in good shape, they're a good rugby player, but they didn't really want to do like the full-time professional thing. They're living at home with their parents and make ten, fifteen thousand dollars a year or something like that. Play a couple of years for a professional side. That's, that's a great experience just to be able to do that alone. So we're bound yeah. to find someone through that. So, uh, unrelated to, uh, Red River Conference. I just wanted to point out real quick uh, before we move on that uh, this week we actually introduced a new series to our collection of shows as well. Uh, we launched something called Line Outs, and it's actually an interview show. And Aaron was nice enough to handle the first one here, and he took the prestigious job of uh, talking to Mr. Dan Lyle. And Aaron, you want to tell us a little bit about how that interview went and kind of what you guys talked about? Yeah, so I'm previously acquainted with Dan. We both went to the same college, him a long time ago, and uh, I just a little bit ago. But we were trying to get this thing done, and this call we were almost supposed to be sort of about logistics, and then I was like, hey, from Paul Morgan, who is the communications director of Premiership Rugby, if you, I didn't really know who he was. I just knew who he, he was, the director of Premiership Rugby, and then I looked him up real quick. And he's an accomplished rugby author, wrote many books about rugby, uh, the history of rugby. And he's like, hey, Dan, can you do this? And Dan's like, let's go. And so I launched the event and we got into it. And, you know, they're, they're talking about the American series as being the beachhead for rugby into the United States with the, in regards to the premiership, which I think is a very important thing because we've seen that with uh, the NFL – doing the London series. They, after pulling out of Europe, they started doing the London series. And now we're at the point with American football, there isn't direct investment from the NFL, but they're putting their premier product there. However, uh, it's kind of, I looked it up the other day, uh, British universities and colleges sports system sanctions 
contact men's and women's collegiate football. And then co-ed flag football. So that would be, we're putting the premier product in America uh, starting last year with the, the previous match. And then this year they, they just signed a multi-year deal. So they'll bring uh, the Saracens and Newcastle to Philadelphia. They're both, uh, you know, hanging out, eating cheesesteak and training right now. So, but uh, they're going to try and see how this fits in the American rugby schedule, which Dan talked about in our, uh, in our interview, like, Maybe it doesn't fit in September. Maybe it fits, you know, in April. But uh, eventually they want more matches. But it's going to be one for right now because they have to test the water and secure the beachhead. But it was a really good interview. And uh, I think we set ourselves up for success going forward for whoever we snag for uh, Line Outs episode two because uh, – Dan's a great interview and Paul Morgan was also a great interview and they were, they were awesome to have on as guests. And I, you know, promoting professional rugby in America is really what we're about. What do you guys think? The other thing I I just wanted to say is um, I I really enjoyed just you guys' rapport. I thought it was actually a great chance to kind of get in there and kick back a little and, you all seem very natural, so I was very impressed with just the series. And that's available uh, all the places you can listen to this show. So it's up on our YouTube channel right now as well as all of uh, the download locations. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, I mean, don't do it right now because we're still talking. But after the show, you can go ahead and download or watch uh, that interview with Paul Morgan and Dan Lyle. So you really want two different screens. Hey. <laughs> So, Victor, uh, did you have a chance to listen to that one? I did. I did. And I was not expecting that we were going to get Dan Lyle so fast in our podcast history. I mean, it's only episode four. And here we are. I already talked to the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, um, now, what I find interesting with the English premiership is the fact that, yeah, they are taking a page out of the NFL, out of National Football, National Football League, as we mentioned. In having... Some games, obviously, in England. Although I do hope to see a league game in an, in an NFL stadium soon, as in, like, a premiership. Because keep in mind, like, the, the first two in MLS uh, stadiums, which, I mean, I don't mind, obviously. But, um, I will uh, again, it would be really nice to see a rugby game in, a, in a, an American football stadium. Well, besides, obviously, the time uh, when... The All Blacks play USA that one time, and then Ireland uh, last year. So we'll see. And we weren't uh, we weren't stopping with just one new show. No, no, we introduced <laughs> two new shows this week. Uh, you know, I think we're officially approaching um, media mogul status here. We're getting pretty close to it. <laughs> there you go. Let's go. Uh, Victor and I on Saturday, uh, along with a friend of Victor's, Raf jumped on the YouTubes and uh, actually did uh, some match commentary for the Glendale Merlins versus Ontario Arrows match. Um, that's one that we're not putting up on the podcast channels. It's uh, YouTube exclusive, I guess you could call it. Um, but it's mostly just us kind of shooting the bull and talking about rugby 
while the uh, match is going on and occasionally paying attention to the score. So <laughs> that was the best part. Yeah, it was a lot of fun though. So um, if you guys want to check that out, that's available as well. So that one's called. Uh, what did we end up calling that? Match one, guys? companion. Match companion. Dang, that's match it. Companion. So for if anyone's a big fan of Joe Rogan, the idea sort of like it wasn't mine. Uh, the idea sort of was, hey, Corey, just shooting an email and say, hey, this game's on. Do you guys want to do commentary? And I was like, you know what? And uh, typed it up. And it's like, so Joe Rogan, when he's not calling fights for the UFC, he does match companions in his studio. So that's basically what we're doing is, you know, talking about rugby and talking a little bit about the game. And I was able to make it for the second half. So let's. it was it was. I was in, let's talk about, you know, some score lines that go into that first about Glendale. Uh, so what was basically a rematch, uh, the Merlins defeated the Ontario arrows, which were really a beefed up Ontario blues, but they had some key positions with, I guess, infusion of talent, uh, especially their number 10 or fly half. And so, that they lost 41-7 to the Merlins. And then the Seattle Saracens in the BC Premier League played Capilano 27-34. to And did everyone get a chance to watch the Seattle film? I, I tried watching the first couple minutes, but it was basically – they've been actually doing this for a couple of years now. They would just have someone up there with a camera recording it, which I think is mostly for their own purposes, but also just to, to play online. Um, but the, the Merlin's match was definitely Infinity Park meant to be broadcasted specifically for that. I only watched the first couple minutes of the uh, the Saracens one. It looked pretty messy. It was rainy, as you kind of expect Seattle to be um, at all times. Um, definitely looked like it was fun, but it was it was not as, I think, engaging for me at least as the, uh, the Merlin's one was, even though the Merlin's was actually a, a blowout. Mm. Now I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you this, guys. That um, Merlin Average game was was a beating to the Ontario side and a sweet vengeance to Glendale on their field, which was the best part because when they lost against the Raptors, though, that was in an Ontario province. Now I did saw the the San Francisco Capilano game as well. Um, it was played like my nigga, like Dan was just said, it was playing really bad field conditions because it was raining as it is in Seattle, Washington, but that didn't stop the players from scoring because the scoreline was big. Again, that was 34-27. That wasn't that bad. Also, the famous Song Wushing, if you're not familiar with him, he's a, a well, he was really an American, well, first rugby player, then started playing American football for University of Washington, left it so he could focus on rugby. Um, he scored a try, and that was great. It was really cool. Now, the front row of Seattle looked to me that it was out of shape. Especially uh, one guy, uh, the, the guy named Olive Khalifi, who plays for the U.S. team. I don't know. He, I don't know. He didn't look like a national team player to me personally, but hey, it's what it is. Um, but in terms of uh, production values, obviously the one in Glendale, it's like leaps and bounds above that one. Because the one in Seattle was more you know, a guy with one camera just moving around. Well, obviously in, in Glendale you have different camera angles, but again, it's what it is. Uh, again, game was cool, 
But then, then again, the production values add up to experience, which is what it did for me for the Arrows and Maryland's game. Yeah, I, I think criticism being what it is, uh, I don't really know. Uh, you know, uh, as far as like what Seattle Saracens were putting up, I mean, they've done it for a couple of years. I think it's just to have the matches online as a cheap way of doing film study. And then, you know, we get to watch them on the back end for our own enjoyment. And uh, I'll get to Glendale in a little bit, but I was really, it was a very muddy, rainy uh, match. They weren't able to play at Magnuson Park down in Seattle. So they were up at uh, Chuckanut Bay Rugby Club uh, playing in Bellingham, Washington. What was, what was the name of that club? Chuckanup Bay Rugby Club. Okay. In Bellingham. Strange so, name. Yeah. Uh, so. Be careful with that one next time. <laughs> Chuckanut. I, there's no E on the end, so. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, they were up there, and it was just, field was muddy. It looked like I was watching the premiership match that was on Friday. Uh, Newcastle sell sharks and it was just sloppy crash bally lots of rain uh psalm did get a nice try but uh for the most part it was really like eight man rugby and uh, ball handling errors were rough and you know i i agree with victor a lot i was i was trying to watch the match to watch psalm to be honest but i being a front row pay attention to that and it was it was messy and Khalifi is you know an eagle and in the in the current eagle pool and I was a bit disappointed to see the shape he was in but not even not, shape being what it is he didn't have control at the scrum and he had a lot of scrummage errors on himself and scrummage penalties that you just don't expect from you know an eagle grade player so that was really you know my big beef with that. And getting to Glendale, they've like I I can guess that the Merlins D one will be mostly the uh, Glendale Raptors because most of those guys were the previous Raptors, and they're a little bit more reinforced from when they played the Blues, but the bodies, they looked like they were professional. So that was the first thing, and then they what, just went out there and wrecked. That's what made it more entertaining too. They just looked a lot like they were professional rugby players. It didn't look like a a D2 game. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the arrows, I think, like, scoreline being what it is, it was uh, short notice. We need to – we're going to do a proof of concept tour of the United States because we want to join the MLR next year, so we need to check the logistics. Supposedly. Supposedly join the MLR. Yeah, supposedly. I, I don't. I wouldn't spend this much money on travel if I wasn't going to join the MLR next year, because they're they're making like five road trips that are not that are all plane flights. So yeah. Uh, but the second side is the well, I guess not the second side, but the last. Whenever all the subs were in, it got a little sloppy, but still the bodies looked like they were there. So I I think. You know, it was a preview of the Merlin of the Raptors, and I'm impressed. I want, I really want to see Raptors Houston. That's what I want to see. I mean, I, I don't 
I think that's just how it's going to be. I mean, the Raptors just flat out dominated MRC last year, which is very short. When they played the Huns, which were pretty much the other most professional organization, they still beat them by mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, both time. It just wasn't a lot. Close. Yeah, that's right. That's very true. So, so guys, we're pushing for a final in the MLR, most likely Glendale Raptors, uh, Houston Strikers for for the final, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Based on, I mean, based on what we know about current teams, uh, I. I mean, Austin Elite already had most of their side. I think they're going to bring in some South African players, but they haven't made any announcements. They've made some a bunch of strategic announcements, but no player announcements. So, yeah. and then also with the with the the Merlins match, um, there seemed to be a lot of confusion over because they switched from the Raptors to the Merlins. But it seems my understanding is that almost everyone who played was part of the Raptors team last year. But I guess because they did the whole rebranding, it's essentially just changing the name, but it's the yeah. exact same team. So my my assumption is that next year we're going to see pretty much the same team that we would have seen on Saturday if anyone watched it. So if anyone yeah. wants a really nice glimpse into Raptors for next year, that's really the best way to really look at yeah, it. That was my – before going into the match, that was my big criticism, knowing who was on each side. I wanted to see – I wanted to see the depth of Glendale. Glendale system. I didn't want to see, you know, the guys who are going to be putting on the Raptors shirt, but since it was basically a rematch, I was just really impressed. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we want to take a couple minutes, as always, and uh, check out some corrections from last week's show. So we'll just go ahead and disavow everything we said last week. That's nothing. None of that's right. All of this is correct, though. So there'll be no corrections next week. I promise. All right, Frank. Go. I mean, Dan. Go ahead. <laughs> there we go. Correction right there. <laughs> Correction right there. Oh, dude, that's awesome. All right. All right. Well, Frank. Frank um, so our special guest from last week, Grant Cole, who since I wasn't actually here last week, I guess wasn't really my special guest, but it was your guys' special guest from last week. He was your replacement. And he basically was. I guess it was a good thing I wasn't there. There'd be too many people. Um, but he's, he sent his apologies on a few facts. Um, first of all, the striker's field is 12 feet higher, not 6 feet, than the surrounding area. So he did discuss how it basically wasn't hit at all by Harvey because it was um, they put a lot of dirt there from other construction of the highway. And it's actually 12 feet, not 6 feet higher. Um, so that doesn't sound like it makes a huge difference, but it, it does. That's, that's a lot of water to actually make up the difference. Um, Constellation Field, which is the minor league baseball team field that they're going to play January 6th, their match next year. That's 20 feet higher than the surrounding area. Um, this, I'm assuming, is a direct quote from, from Grant. It was not flooded, but I bet the infield can suck a pair of snake boots right off. Um, so that was our correction for Grant last week. Uh, Victor, you had something you wanted to uh, point out, too. Yeah, also, after being called out on Reddit this week by someone that shall remain nameless, I think we can all agree. Um, Grant, um, I mean, 
<laughs> Corey knows what we're talking about this, so <laughs> we got to mention it. Anyway. I'm about to get called out. No, I mean, I'm not going to call him. I mean, we're not going to call him no, my name. Want, no, no, we want we want people to to call oh, yeah, us I'll, and make I'll sure we're saying the right things. Journalistic, oh, journalistic I, integrity, but I mean, if someone says numbers, I'm just going to. No, I mean, it's just. A guy, I mean, the guy. I'm not going to say his username. I, I mean, he knows who he is. I'm just not going to mention him. I mean, I think it was kind of rude the way he just came off to, I mean, oh, to correct fine. us. Well, it's, it's hard I mean, to, you guys, I mean. it's hard to get tone and text. So he might've been typing it, you know, in full, in full grace, but mm-hmm. it, it did not come across that way. Okay. Very well. But anyways, uh, can I explain? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Corey. Before I oh, all, all I was going to say is, I mean, we, we started the show because we all met on Reddit and, if you're going to get insulted, I mean, that's the place to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're that all a bunch fortune. of assholes there. Yeah, that, that, that and Tumblr so, or 4chan. Yeah. It kind of just comes with the territory. So. Yeah. 4chan's a bit worse. Oh, my God, dude. 4chan. Oh, God, oh, my 4chan. I mean, we're not going to compare 4chan to Reddit. I mean, oh, my goodness. Definitely not. Right. Oh, Lord. Ew, okay, just... and starting next week, we're going to be an all 4chan podcast. So, <laughs> you ain't dead? No oh, freaking noobs. Dude, <laughs> you, don't, you don't like yourself, Corey. If you want to be 4chan. <laughs> the depths all of right. hell. <laughs> So, so anyways, um, Aaron, oh, Victor, Nick. finish up what you're saying. Uh, exactly. So, Grant explained, uh, guys, that, um, you know, about Rugby Ontario's um, operating budget compared to a USA Rugby's operation budget. Now, at the Canadian dollars, it's about $1.75 million, <laughs> which is about 1.4 US. Now, the key point for me, though, with Rugby Ontario is they finished the year with almost 600,000 Canadian dollars in cash assets. Now, the last 10 years, USAR has finished in, in the negative, by the way, in terms of assets, and sometimes almost like a million dollars in, in lost. So, again. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, yeah. so Rugby Ontario, they've got their ducks in a row. <laughs> but, um... Yes, there was that. And then uh, I was speaking to Grant about this and then also about the field locations. And I'm guessing, you know, with where the strikers ground will be, that's probably about five or more million gallons, which, you know, gets something outrageous. And he sends his regrets for tarnishing podcasts. And I say, no, friend. He's banned. You you didn't, but thank you just the same. And you can take your lashings from... People who will be mean, <laughs> but He's a uh, big boy. I think he can handle it. Yeah. So I mean, he was on Matt McCarthy's uh, show this weekend talking about rugby relief, and you know, guess who had him first? You know, wasn't uh, uh, Dan Lyle on uh, uh, Matt Matt McCarthy's show after us too? Uh, no, he he, he was on there him. like he was on there before the. Like months ago, so, hmm. but uh, you know, I'm not saying they're copying us, but you know, they're getting pretty close. Wrap up. They're getting yeah. pretty close. I don't know if they're booking their booking their people sooner than us, but we're we're champing at the bit here for <laughs> good people. We're not in the so fantasy guys, sports network though, so it doesn't count. No, oh, it doesn't. Yeah. They've got a professional studio. We've got four guys sitting in their living rooms. 
I'm in my bedroom. <laughs> All right, guys. It's that time of the week again. We're going to go ahead and do a Tweet of the Week. What? I think we need to like some theme music for Tweet of the Week, so we should work on that. It's like Rocky music or something like that. Tweet of the Week! You know, it's funny you mentioned <laughs> Rocky. That's interesting, because Tweet of the Week this week is coming from Philadelphia. Uh, it's actually not MLR related exactly, uh, but it is all about the uh, Saracens Fal uh, Falcons match coming up this weekend in Philadelphia. And uh, as you know, that's a fantastic opportunity to catch two uh, members of the Viva Premiership here on American soil. And uh, the uh, team members wasted no time getting out into the city and enjoying themselves. So this uh, tweet actually comes from the Saracens Twitter account. And uh, after they landed, here in the U.S. with a little bit of downtime, uh, Brad Barrett and Chris Wiles, American Chris Wiles, uh, both of the Saracens went out and did what you always do in uh, Philly. They paid homage to Rocky Balboa. Uh, so there's a great video that they posted up on, like I said, up on Twitter of uh, the guys running up the stairs, and uh, it goes along with this tweet. So here's here's our tweet of the week. It just says, "The captain and the hometown hero." showing how hashtag Philadelphia should be done. Emoji clapping hands at Brad Barrett, at Chris Wiles, at the Sly Stallone. So, once again, we'll go through that. Uh, it is Twitter. It says, the captain and the hometown hero showing how hashtag Philadelphia should be done. Clapping hands emoji at Brad Barrett, at Chris Wiles, at at the Sly Stallone, they actually it's pretty awesome, guys. They also actually responded to their own tweet with more emojis, which I'm looking this up now, and they just responded boxing glove emoji and hands oh. that go like this. Which, if you're listening to this, you can't actually see what I was doing. But is there is there an American flag? Um, there should be, but there's not. I'm gonna America. Have to well, I'm gonna be there in Philly talk in to their next Twitter week. Specialist. So I'm going to have to talk to them about that. That's that's a major infraction. Now, uh, Victor and Dan, aren't both you guys going down for that match? Yeah, we are. And actually, before I mentioned that, guys, um, on and since we're talking about Twitter, on Twitter, I don't know if you guys saw it uh, at uh, Victor NYC Tours, but I posted something regarding Mr. Chris Wiles. Chris Wiles is originally from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Allentown? Uh, Allentown. Actually, a friend of my wife's, Jennifer, uh, which, by the way, uh, chat up to Jennifer if she ever listens to this. Uh, I met her listen to this when I see her her, her husband, Aaron. Um, she's originally from Allentown, and I remember mentioning to her about Chris Wiles. I said, and she said, oh, okay. Like, yeah, whatever. Sounds rugby guy. I'm, I'm sure there's no much for the game. So, um... I went to Wikipedia, Top Allenton, and I saw the, the the notable people from the town. And guess what? Chris Wiles was not in that list. But guess who's put him? This guy right here, Victor. So if you go to Wikipedia right now and you type Chris Wiles, or if you go to Allenton PA and you look at the notable people, I put and I wrote Chris Wiles, professional rugby union player, Saracens, and former USA rugby player uh, for the Eagles in both sevens and 15s. 
parents from England and moved to the country at age 11 and 12. So if you see that, I wrote that. I see a source. So you're doing God's work, Victor. I try, bro. I try. I try. Sure, so anyway, so, so well, thank you. But again, if anyone, everyone else listening wants to check that out on Wikipedia, just know I did that. And hopefully they don't remove it. So going back to, to the, the match. So, so yeah, uh, Daniel and I are going to the match. We are seating, unfortunately, in different areas. But um, because it's I got like... Thing, actually, we get different different angles for, for photos. It's a lot yeah. nicer. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Too, but, you know, I would uh, I would prefer having you like right there when I start screaming whatever. But hey, that's what it is. So I'm on the field in the field seating, by the way, which is like the nice area. You'll see my pictures will be better than dance. You'll notice. I'll actually I'll have a better like more of a bird's eye view of the whole stadium. Victor yeah, spends his life savings on these tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That was that was that was like a like a week's worth. Let's put I was that actually way. I was pretty upset because I I bought my tickets, and there was some discount or whatever that was going out. And then a week later, which I think two or three days ago, I saw something about Penn Mutual sponsoring, and then mm-hmm. if you you can get the same discount that I got, but then you can also be entered to win some sort of fan experience in addition to that. That's and right. Yeah, I won't get that fan experience because I I bought them earlier, so. Mm-hmm. Moral of the story is wait until the last minute and you'll get more stuff. Yeah, because it was thirty percent <laughs> off the. Uh, it was thirty percent off, guys. I have no idea. Guys. Yeah. yeah, it was ridiculous. Thirty percent off the door, and they'll just hand you everything the day yeah. of the actual match. Seriously, I, I actually wanted to do the, that one, but I said, nah, let me get the fielding so that way, you know, that way I'm closer to the to the action." I actually, uh, I actually prefer it a little bit further back so I can see everything. Yeah, you can see everything too. That's right. I know because I mean, it's just cooler, you know, when the, the game is over. That way, the players come to you and shake hands and whatever. Oh, that's true. Because because uh, well, I mean, in the, in the Ireland USA match, that's what I did. I was like literally right on from row, and I got a picture with ben, uh, Benjamin Sima. I got to talk. To um, Tony Lambert's mom, her sister, <laughs> I, I met uh, Andrew McGee's girlfriend, uh, and so I met McGee's yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, ah. no, but, but let me tell you guys, I met McGee's girlfriend and his and, and her mom, who are both Colombian, just like Dan's uh, girlfriend, by the way. So we we're speaking Spanish with each other. It was really fun. I got a picture with her. Oh, wow. I, I wanted to get a picture with AJ, but um, he was it's too like busy. I got a picture for the gram. Yeah, so it was fun. I mean, I got to meet a lot of family members from from the from the Eagles players. I pulled um, all the way up to the front when I, when I went to the USA Ireland match. And <sighs> I got denied. There was just some kid in front of me, and they they did pictures, they did high fives, but I was like a little bit higher, and I was like reaching over. I got nothing. They just completely <laughs> walked past me. Man, just, that's not. Pulled me away, but oh well. Yeah, I hear you, bro. Hopefully, this I'm, one. As far as the, I hope so. The match itself is concerned. I, I don't know. After seeing uh, Newcastle play Sale Sharks on Friday, mm. <laughs> <laughs> man, and, and then watching Bath and Saracens, that was a class wow. match. That was see, great, man, guys. You, by the way, you're gonna, you're gonna, you have to watch that match. Gonna, I don't think it's gonna be. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be close. I actually, I actually am a bit of a Saracens supporter, but me too. I, am, I don't have my jersey. I, actually. I, feel like I, I just looked at. That. I just looked at some bath kit today. Those kits are beautiful. Bath, bath kits bath right kit? now, 2017, yeah. 18. Like beautiful. shampoo and. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, well, I mean, if you want to say both, like this, a both. I, mean, I think they do sell soap. Yeah. Over there, though. 
You'd have to I'm go. Sure. You'd have to go over there. It comes with the kit. That's fine. Fine, sure. toiletries. Yeah. Another thing, too, guys, so keep in mind, keep, uh, the, uh, both Cybersons uh, and Newcastle Falcons have landed in Philadelphia. Um, by the way, Cybersons has have brought pretty much their A side. Unfortunately, Titi Lamusitele is not going to be joining the team because he's still out with a neck injury. Um, but um, right now, anyway. looking, it, 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 well, yeah, it. it would be good to have him there checking it out, but who knows? But um, according to the list I got, uh, some of the names that came over from England, they got uh, uh, Marco Vanipola, they got uh, Juan Figalo. Uh, let's see who else. They got Mario Toje. They got George Cruz. Wells Kelton, which is an Australian guy. Uh, Jack Berger. They probably win the as well. You got Owen Farrell. That might got Farrell. Marcelo Bosch. Who I hope... He's on all the ads, so he has to be there. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Marcelo Bosch, who I hope we can get an interview out of him. Him and Figalo, hopefully in Spanish. Because they're Argentinians. Um, Doc and Taylor, the Scottish international. Uh, Nathan Earl, which by the way, Earl, man, that, that kid, let me tell you. By the way, guys, no, and, and the next thing I'm going to say, I don't say that because I'm brown, but dang it, when you put the brown guys in the back, we're like the best players. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> when you put a brown or a black brother out there in the back, we're like the best players. Because dang it, because the black man, you know, is, is, is used to running around. So, you know, I dang it. <laughs> Again, the I'm, saying that racism, coming out from I'm not saying that out of racism, but seriously, like, dang it, like, we're nice. Um, Liam Williams also is, is there. Chris Wiles, of course, and Alex Good. So that's everyone. Unfortunately, I have not been able to find the listing for uh, for Newcastle. But I'm going to tell you this: I am going to be really pissed off if Nick Chavetta didn't come. I'm yeah. going to be really pissed off. Be nice. Even if they're not playing, I understand they don't have to play. Just yeah, be there. Just they can sign autographs. They can hang out with me the entire game. I Seriously, I mean, I, I mean, if you're gonna bring Evan Olmsted, the Canadian guy, I mean, I'm okay because it's a good. He's a good lock. I'm not going to give take that away from him. But if you don't bring him, only American that you have because uh, Patty Ryan left uh, Newcastle, and he's apparently. Exactly. Thank you. And he's he's trying for, right now. We're buying, buying a bath calf. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, his brother Dave, uh, he plays for our gen in in um, France. And he, apparently, the the Eagles wanted him to play with them. And he said no because I'm playing professionally for Italy. Now he's 31 years old, so he's not going to play for anyone. So at least his, at least his brother is playing. They qualify through their mom because but they're born in, in Cork. Well, you know, Pat, Patty was born in Chicago. Oh, Patty was. Okay, Patty. Okay. So, well, Dave was born in Ireland. But, um, yeah, so th- th- I'll be sort of mad if uh, if Nick isn't uh, here. I didn't – I've looked at the photos that Newcastle has posted. I saw that ugly beard that needs to get, you know, trimmed up by Evan Olmstead. I Hey, rugby beards are great. You just got to, like, groom it a little bit. It's unkempt. You it's like out there. Exactly. You want to do like a Cory shape, correct, Aaron? Yeah. You know, we've got a yeah. well-kempt beard. Thank you, right shop. here. Of course. I mean, so, you know, I, I've got. I'll make sure to boot for you. Beards. I got my rugby beard starts growing on January second. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I didn't see uh, Nick, so I'm kind of annoyed, and I felt that Nick completely crushed Evan Olmstead during the American series. Uh, I mean, the Can-Am series during the summer. So it's like, hey, you're playing internationally. But, you know, coaches do what coaches do, and they both play the same position. So. Mm-hmm. That's what to say. 
And on that note, what do you guys say we answer some questions from Bob? Before going before going into the questions from Bob, is it true that his real name isn't actually Bob, or am I just making that up? Uh, his name is not Bob, but because we uh, pride ourselves on anonymity on Reddit, I'm going to uh, refrain from mentioning his actual name. For all we know, it's Bob Boberson. I I'm sad that his first name is not Bob. <laughs> yeah, we were all a little disappointed when we found that out. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. So this week, Bob wants to know. Uh, actually, this week it's all about uh, Utah guys, and uh, actually, I think he posted some stuff up on our Reddit page uh, earlier this week about progress, uh, how things are going out there as well. So uh, Bob's the man on this on the ground in Utah, and so he wants to know: uh, Have you heard anything about uh, the rugby Utah selects uh, going through a rebranding? Is there any truth to that? And uh, what's going on with that? So, Aaron, have you heard anything about that? So I'll answer this later in the show. They're launching a new brand. All right. So I guess that would <laughs> we'll list that one under confirmed. More to come. Uh, he also is curious uh, regarding the selects. Um, appear to be planning on using a field at Real Salt Lake's new facility. Um, and that uh, would include uh, several Real Salt Lake alumni on staff. Uh, what is the relationship between uh, rugby or, or U- rugby Utah Selects and Real Salt Lake? So we we don't know of any official relationship. There wasn't any launch. There was that that first tweet of the week that started the whole thing, where we um, I forget his name, but it's the Frenchman who was in Utah, and they showed a picture of MLR stuff and it looked like the real salt lake academy which obviously that's a lot of assumptions however uh, we do know that the the current real salt lake owner bill loy hansen hansen um has made it clear that he is interested in rugby in utah and investing in rugby we don't know anything about specifically major league rugby uh but he is very interested in rugby i think also the cross but i don't care about that um dean house who is (laughs) currently the commissioner of major league rugby and is i think he's he's also the vice chairman or like the interim chairman or something like that of utah um he's a former partner of sp scp worldwide which used to own real salt lake before hansen so i mean they, they may hate each other for all i know but there is some sort of connection between the two enough for us to really hope that they can have these games or practices at this really nice shiny um stadium whatever it's called uh, academy that's what i mentioned all right well thank you for that uh so do we know anything specific about where uh rugby utah is looking for talent are they looking for foreign players have we heard anything they're looking for every everyone from everywhere that they can find pretty much right now very definitive. <laughs> Everyone. So uh, if anybody wants to play for Rugby Utah, apparently just show up and you're in. There we go. Have to be fit, though. Yeah. Dan, if uh, New York's not doing it for you, Rugby Utah. I don't think I can live in Utah. It's going from New York. It's not possible. 
They sell booze in Utah. Just not. Yeah, they don't even. Is that ever, or is it just Sundays? Like that alone is just a game game color. I know we plan Saturdays, but still. Like, I mean, in like Pennsylvania, they don't sell liquor on Sundays either. So. Yes, yeah, it's another crazy town. Mm. Where? Yeah, we're going on a Saturday, so we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, uh, also from Bob. Bob is just killing it with questions this week. Yeah. I think this is the last one, though. If okay. his name is actually uh, Bob. If his name is Bob, which as far as we know it is, or not, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, gosh. Will the final roster for Rugby Utah be larger than the game day roster, or will, there be, uh, will they be scrambling uh, to fill injury holes? So uh, I guess that's more of kind of a question about just the overall lineups and how that's going to work for Rugby Utah as well as all the teams, I suppose. Yeah, so tracking that the training squad is meant to be 35 contracted players, I'm sure with, you know, injuries, more guys, like, will get a shot because as, I, as I'll run into going right now, uh, Rugby Utah itself is not rebranding, but – the professional side will is going to rebrand as the Utah Warriors. Uh, as a follow-up question on whether the state rugby organization would be separate uh, from the team, yes. So I did some digging. We have separate LLC filings going on. Uh, rugby Utah Ventures LLC, which is the uh, state rugby organization of Utah, uh, is which is interim chairman by Dean Howes, until because he's a member of the board until they uh, elect a new chairman. I do not think it's going to be Dean Howes because he's the commissioner of MLR. Uh, but Rugby Utah Enterprises LLC was established on 15 June. Uh, both RUV and RU, both RUV and RU have the same address in Draper, Utah. So I, obviously there are significant connections between the state rugby organization and the professional side. If you're familiar with the name Utah Warriors, it was a single season 15 side that competed, competed, not competed, but competed in the old Super League. When it was established, it was meant to be the foundation of a professional side. Uh, current Eagles Sevens player Maka Anufe came through the Utah Warriors in 2011 Utah Warriors and Chicago Lions withdrew from the Super League. 2012, the Super League folded, and so did the Utah Warriors cease operation. This and many other, other organizations uh, seem to be throwing it back to the old Super League. Uh, interesting trivia. There's a guy named Sean Whalen was the head coach of the Utah Warriors, and if you don't know who he is, check out his YouTube channel. I knew him because he was an MMA fighter. And a guy who's also done triathlons and is just, he's, he's a crazy dude. And I asked him on Twitter if he would come, if he was coming back to rugby or would like to be on the podcast at any point. And he was like, well, I don't think uh, the guys in charge uh, uh, think the same way I do and didn't really answer about the podcast. So, and then uh, what was it? Also on the 6th of August, the uh, the selects Facebook page posted changes coming and it was like a video and then it had a soundtrack, obviously the old Utah selects logo, and then it would get fuzzy. 
and fuzzy and fuzzy. So and then I did some even more looking. People asked, you know, about the League HQ. Uh, there was an LLC filing for Major League Rugby, and it was uh, filed by Dean House, and it's in Salt Lake City. <sighs> All right, Dan. Victor, what do you guys think? I really personally I, I really don't have too much to actually add on to that because you kind of you kind of gave a lot of details on that. I mean it's good that I, I think the Utah needed a new name. I think the Slex name has been around for a couple of years now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's good just make it its own name, make it its own brand. You really want that. Uh, I really like what Utah's doing out there, especially because it's basically backed or sanctioned by the whole governing board in Utah. So it is has a lot more structure than just you know one owner who just has some money and wants to put it together, which can be a bit more unpredictable. It seems to be a really stable kind of organization, which is kind of what I expect from Utah, something stable and just something uh, I guess good like that. Victor. My term, I guess. Go ahead. You <laughs> cool. just jump in, but I guess I have to announce. No, I, 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 I mean I was, but I didn't want to be rude. He was listening to your sweet words. I was hoping he that, jumped in because well. I, I didn't know the, what how to finish that. <laughs> okay, no, well, <laughs> no worries. You, you, you finished it well. Now, guys, so going back to this. Now, wow. First of all, I was not expecting that the Utah name was going to be still used to represent the team. Because I'm already used to teams using the city where they're located. So I was waiting for, like, because, I mean, I don't think they're going to use that, that little town where the RU headquarters are at. So I, I thought it was real so, uh, like, real so, like, it's kind of like Salt Lake City, whatever. But in any case, now, um, I'm, I'm glad that some of the, M the MLR teams are adopting the names of the former Super League teams, obviously, because it's like a throwback, of course, to, to that. Now, I see that the Utah team is going to be, I guess, it's going to be like the Pacific Islander side of the MLR because of the large Pacific Islander population that resides in the state of Utah. Uh, in case you are not familiar with that, um, uh, Utah, the state of Utah for uh, the non-Americans is mostly famous for being the really the birthplace to a certain extent to the Church of Latter-day Saints, no, the Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormon Church or the LDS Church. And many Mormons went to the Pacific Islands uh, as, uh, to try to evangelize people to get them in. So a lot of Pacific Islanders are indeed Mormons. In fact, I believe Marco Nufe is, I'm not sure if Martin Josefo is, but I know Marco Nufe for a fact is a Mormon. So I'm expecting a lot of the guys that play for BYU, Birmingham John University, which is owned by the LDS Church, to play for the, the supposed Warriors. Yeah, I think, uh, personally, I think this is a great thing, uh, rebranding to the Warriors. Um, mainly because of uh, just the naming system. I think I mentioned before, or maybe I just tweeted it, um, I wasn't crazy about the idea of there being an elite, the Austin elites, and then having to come back and play the Utah selects. And that just seemed, it just sounded dumb to me. I, I did wasn't crazy about it. So I'm glad they have named themselves the Warriors. And now if uh, the elites can go ahead and get on there and uh, 
I don't know, come up with something for themselves so we're not playing the Elites versus the Warriors. Well, I think we know uh, how that one would turn out. <laughs> I don't care how Elites you are. But yeah, at any rate, um, I really like that. Uh, I, I like the name, and I like where they're going with it. Yeah, uh, as far as the state name is concerned when it comes to professional franchises, Utah seems to – the culture seems to rally around, like, the state name. So you have, you know, the Utah Jazz, which is really the longest-running – uh, professional franchise in Utah. So they're not the Salt Lake Jazz. And then Rugby Utah itself seems to be rallying around uh, the Utah brand, which, and so this makes plenty of sense to me. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's solid and it fits with the, uh, the culture because, you know, University of Utah is called the Utes. So really relaying, like grabbing onto that Pacific Islander and Amerindian warrior culture and we saw this last year with the uh, when they relaunched their kit it had like a what looked to be a native theme going on and uh, so that wraps up utah for me but if you haven't had a chance uh check out austin elite's uh facebook page uh elite and huns have broken ground on uh phase one portion of the nixon lane complex uh you know, they're dozing stuff and getting it leveled out so they can start putting up something. And based on their stadium builder, I wouldn't be surprised if phase one's ready for Thanksgiving. But there was some other news, Dan. Another, in case you missed it, or Kimi, the acronym, uh, the Strikers' new website is currently live. It's fully operational. It says that there's a roster and schedule and everything, but when you click on the schedule, it doesn't lead to anything. Um but anyway, it does say first match, September 21st, to be determined. But um, we think that that's basically just a placeholder. Um, Grant from This Is Texas Rugby posts a lot on the Reddit page, so it's really good to go on because you can see these things. Said how they're doing a lot of scrimmages, I think, in November or October um, against some of the other D1 clubs. Um they're all scrimmages. They're not like a, a fall match or anything like that, but it's really just so that they can have some sort of gameplay before that January match um, to really get an understanding of the team since they are officially here now for the orientation, everything going on. Um, so Strikers also actually had the, uh, the Baylor college of medicine sports on hand for their orientation. Um, I think, I think it was Grant who was actually mentioning last week that that was really a, a huge emphasis that they wanted to, really focus on making sure no one would get the concussions and making sure everything, everything's up to protocol and uh, making sure people don't collapse and die because uh, they kind of invested in them. So they want to make sure that they are living and functional. Um, otherwise that kind of defeat the purpose of having this team. So they may have, the, the Baylor college may have been contracted or it could be an official partner. Um, they may try and do some sort of uh, joint partnership where you know, people from the Baylor College of Medicine, maybe involved in sports medicine, could internship with the strikers, and then they get a great experience because obviously that's what they're trying to go for from there. So I think that unless someone has something else to say, I'm not sure there's a lot more news. I think we covered a lot, especially because it's still the preseason for the next six months. <laughs> yeah, so what was it? Uh... So I 
you know, you get told things and you try not to like just leak them out, you know. So uh, I knew Strikers had three teams lined up. Uh, I know on then on the schedule, which you posted, Dan, it showed they had a match in 10 days. And I'm like, they start orientation today. Uh, they got their training kit. It's from, um, it's Excel Sports. It's an Australian It's an Australian company. company. I only knew like oh. I clicked on the. Yeah, they, they sell. They also oh. sell boots. Uh, I didn't really like them. Snake boots. Not say not snake boots. <laughs> I was gonna say X X blades. X blades. Ah, X blades. Yes, that, those they, are the guys. I'm they make gonna... a lot of kit for the NRL. So. Yes, and also they're making the they're making the kit for um long long and Irish for the Premiership. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, so X-Blades. so they got so guys came in for orientation. They got their training kit. They did some. They did a lot of baseline testing. So I don't. I think the twenty one September was like a placeholder thing, and we'll yeah, see them play was. their basically their short matches, uh, twenty minute halves against it was. Dallas Harlequins, Dallas Reds, and the Austin Blacks, Division One men's sides, uh, between October and November, is what we got. So, um, yeah, so that will be really cool to see. I don't know the location. I think they will play at the local a local club ground if they're hosting, or go up to uh, the Blacks facility and then the Reds and the Quins facility. Uh, we should probably. Since they're fully set up shop and they've been so uh, forward with the media, we should probably talk to them, even though we kind of wanted to hit up all the teams that weren't talking. But at this point, if you're not talking, we can't talk about you. We don't want to talk about you. You're not <laughs> yeah. talking. You don't give us everything to just report <laughs> so, on. We don't want to talk yeah. about you. Um, so is, is there a big match this weekend with uh, Merlins? Oh, yeah, there was that other thing. So Dan came up with the MRC-type competition in the Northeast this year, uh, you know, as a to join into the MLR next year. That is whatever that – it's it was his idea, A. But the American rugby – yeah, you came up with that, dude. I may have mentioned it. I mean, I'll take credit for – I'll take credit for anything good. I, I, good I idea thought you were the first person to mention it, and there I didn't. No, see. I think it was actually someone else on the Reddit page, um, like Samo Three, or that's actually the only name I can remember off the top of my head. Someone else I think actually did theorize that there would be some sort of New York, Boston, Chicago thing based off of a rugby wrap-up show where James Kennedy mentioned a couple of cities, oh, yeah. and we don't think it's a coincidence that he mentioned those cities. Yeah. But it wasn't. It's not. I wanted to point out that it's not the American Rugby Premiership because that is a sanctioned competition that has gone on for, I think, 10 years. Uh, But the Boston teams pulled out. Uh, The Glendale Merlins joined up, Division I. And then Life University, they killed their senior men's side. So what you're seeing in here is the first 15 playing in one of the premier Division one men's club competitions. Uh-huh. And by the way, speaking of which, now you're mentioning the ARP, Aaron. So right now you have, like you mentioned, you got Life, you got um, Merlins, you got All Blue, you got um, New York Athletic Club and Ayak, and you, you got Mystic River, 
And I know there's another team that I'm forgetting, I believe. Give me a second, guys. I'll tell you right now. No, it's just, just no, it's just, just teams. Just five. Yeah. I thought it was six. Yeah. By the way, speaking of, of which, Mystic Rivered uh, played this past Saturday against Oxford, which is, I believe, the same Oxford team that's going to play the Collegiate All-Americans in the preview match this Saturday. Well, Oxford beat uh, Mystic Rivered 31-20. to 20. Mind you, on the, at the end of the first half, the game was 12-10 uh, going to Mystic River. And all of a sudden, Oxford put 19 points on them to, to win. Tell me about it. So not not too shabby. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, another thing, too, uh, I I'm checking out, and I had to mention, obviously, because uh, Dan plays for it. I'm looking at the New York Rugby Club website, and I noticed that Division Two and Three played against the Village Lions, Division Two, which is, I believe, who you play with. Dan, you guys beat Lions 23 17. Pumping up the Village Lions. Of course. No, no, pumping up. No, pumping up New York rugby, of course. I'm, NYRC, I'm in, the oldest single club rugby club in the That's right. Specifically, rugby club. We, we had a debate over, right, this, right. over this because we saw because that we there, saw was, that there was um, a uh, different date or something like that for some West Coast teams, but I think we confirmed it that New York rugby club is the first official all rugby like it was specifically made for rugby and only rugby and that's it mm -hmm. yeah and so congrats on that win guys 23 17 and then division three uh, uh drew, drew with the, the lions 19 all so not too shabby i was looking at the scores for time so i mean i could have told you that too you have to look at the scores <laughs> yeah you know but i wanted to mention it anyway. there. <laughs> well you were there of course i just want to mention it you know to give you some some pump uh, there Beautiful. was uh there was another score line i saw uh Oof. This was an oofer. Yeah. Uh, you know what you're talking about. So originally, you know, Minneapolis was going to be a part of, uh, you know, MLR came out, you know, but and mm -hmm. then supposedly uh, everything we have says the Minneapolis group uh, moved to uh, San Diego. But uh, Metropolis RFC crushed. The Chicago Lions, 94 to zero. Oh, wow, dude. I didn't even know you were going to talk about that. I thought you were going to talk about, I think it was Old Blue over Nyack. Oh, dude, yeah, 72 Smack 12, them. wasn't it? Something like that? Smack them. Yeah, dude, it hurt. Well, like, I mean, just, something like that. Old Blue added Cam Dolan, so he probably had like five tries himself. Yeah, that, that must have been the difference. Oh, I'm sorry, 76 33 was the score. 76 33. Yeah, dude. The, I, think I would have. Basically tied when they played last year. Dang, see, I would have watched that game, but it's all, all, all up in Travis Island, and that's <laughs> that's deep. What's just counting? Yeah, yeah, dude, seriously, like, like I was not gonna go there. Doesn't even count as New York City. Yeah. No, it was just County. Yeah, of course, it's like New York State. But well, guys, um, I think it's time for us to go. All right, Corey, take us home, man. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us. 